Hello, this is Corey Widmer, pastor of Third Church, and so glad you're listening today to our podcast. This month in January, we have a sermon series called How People Change, in which we're looking at Colossians 3 and how Paul speaks of the work of change through the gospel in the lives of ordinary men and women. And we're accompanying that series with a story a week about um, one person in our congregation telling their story of personal change. And we've heard a couple this month, and this week I'm really excited to invite uh, my friend Rich Nance to tell his story. Uh, Rich and his wife Franny are uh, covenant partners here at Third, and Rich has newly uh, started as a deacon of our church. And um, I've heard Rich tell his story a few times, and so I'm really excited to have you here today, Rich. Welcome. Good to have you here. Good to be here. So, Sort of. Yeah, I'm sure that that feels a little feels a little uh, nervous to share your story with others so widely. But um, anyway, I know that um, your story is a, is, a, is a really interesting one, and because you were raised in the church and as a uh, part of a of pastor's family, and so just why don't you just tell us and where, where you want to begin? Um, sure, I'll start, uh, as you said, um, child, pastor's kid, um, fairly... Um, let's say, repressed and uh, angry kid uh, of the 1980s, uh, which uh, I think common of the day. Yes. So we could probably just end it there. Gen Xers unite. People people could guess where this is going. Uh, (laughs) They knew pastor's kids growing up, and they they know where this is going. But um, my two very loving parents, um, it's the youngest of three children. Um, My dad went back to seminary. Uh, the year I was born, and so that's kind of the only life that I've known uh, as a child. Um, I would say um, my parents really, um, they love the Lord well. They serve God God well um, over their career. Um, um, But as far as childhood goes, I would say there was pretty rigid and strict um, existence, Rules, um, discipline were uh, um, common. Um, there was also I was at church a lot. Um, if the if the doors were unlocked, I was there. Church, uh, youth group, youth choir, Wednesday nights. Um, I think I could count on one hand the number of times I missed Sunday church in eighteen years. Mm. Um, very important um, to be there. Um, which also, I, I still believe it's important to be at church on Sundays. Thanks um, for throwing that in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of what I, I talk about now um, in a lot of stories, I, I'm looking back um, doing a retrospective. A, a lot of stuff, it took me a while to figure out of, of what kind of my story was and what was driving me. Um, but looking back... Um, there are a couple kind of key messages, themes that I think were, were driving my life for a while growing up. And, and you know, one, especially as a preacher's kid, appearances are important. Um, mm-hmm. That you, you need to look good, um, especially in public. Um, and um, kind of connect with that. The real, the real me wasn't good enough. Um, that uh, I did not have value in myself. Um, in, in the way I stood. Um, and kind of also a part of that was um, 
sort of my opinions, my desires were not important either. It was, you know, these are the way things are and you just need to fall in line. Um, and so at a young age, it was, I just sort of gave up, um, fell in line and sort of developed this sort of um, exterior of very laid back, happy-go-lucky, um, and just sort of went along with things. Um, so, yeah, so the, what everybody else saw from me back then was a very happy kid, um, high-performing, um, laid back, involved. Um, but internally, I think there was, there was a lot of frustration, anger, growing, and loneliness um, from hiding. Um, mm. You know, I think there's a lot of shame and guilt started at that point. Of mm -hmm. those are being a lot of key drivers for me, um, and no, um, I had a lot of um, very great spiritual ex experiences growing up in the church, and there's um, a lot of great people that invested in me and that I had relationship with. But a key missing link was I, I had no idea of grace. Um, that was, that was not a part of my spiritual existence. Um, I, I saw God, especially as I continue to grow older, as really as a hindrance um, in a lot of ways because of the constant judgment and shame that I felt mm -hmm. um, as I was growing up. Um, I just, I yearned to be uh, one of my friends who either didn't know God or didn't know him as well as I did because they seemed to be able to live these free and easy lives, do whatever they wanted and not carry just this baggage of shame that I seem to have um, at all times almost. Um, so um, as high school neared, um, I kind of found the perfect antidote um, to all of sort of this growing emotional um, anger and, and shame and, and uh, anxiety, and that was alcohol. And sort of I think the in addition to sort of dulling all of that emotional um, sort of turmoil, it also there was this sort of insidious sort of alcohol was forbidden in my household hmm. growing up. It was not not something that um, yeah was thought to be appropriate, and so there was this sort of um, it appealed to this dark place in in my my soul. I think. Um, and so I started drinking and very quickly it was, um, very heavy drinking, binge drinking, um, blackout drinking. Um, and, um, so I went off to college and, um, you know, pretty predictable results. I finally had freedom. Um, things went disastrously very quickly. Mm. Um, you know, grades were terrible, chaotic, you know, behavior in my life, um, immediate, uh, legal consequences, um, that I had to wade through. Um, and I wasn't looking to go that far really, you know, I still had this very moral sort of standard, um, and my, you know, internal voice. And that, that was way beyond where I was comfortable being. Like I knew like mm. this is out of control. Which and probably so just work to create a lot more shame and guilt. Right. Uh, it did. But I was, I was able to initially pull back um, after that first semester. I, I knew, like, this is, this is, this is not, not healthy. But I didn't do a whole lot of 
high-level processing at that mm-hmm. point. I was just like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, alcohol is connected to this. Um, and so I need to go somewhere else or go a different way. And so um, I stopped drinking at that point, um, got really involved in ministry. Um, and, uh, you know, for most of the rest of college, um, lived with really great Christian brothers, was in community, was involved in, in lots of lots of things, leading Bible studies, and really had, um, you know, a really great sort of experience. Um, again, retrospectively, um, I think basically I just got better at life. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't actually deal with anything. I didn't deal with any of the underlying, you know, anxiety, you know, pressure, um, I just stopped doing as many bad things, and so mm-hmm. I didn't have to deal with guilt and anxiety as much once I stopped the drinking. Um, so uh, I immediately went to law school, um, and I was completely ill-equipped to handle sort of the workload, the stress mm-hmm. load um, that went along with that. And so very quickly, um, I started, you know, I, you know, sort of this just dual um, personality, disassociative sort of existence of falling back into really heavy binge drinking, um, at least a couple nights a week while at the same time being involved in like a Christian legal society, being mm-hmm. involved in the university there, um, having a Bible study, um, all these things. I was started this kind of dual path, um, and, um, you know, to, to the point where um, my classmates actually um, had an alter ego that they, that they named for me. Hmm. Um, and they asked if, you know, if that guy was coming out tonight. His name was Lance. Wow. Um, so anyway. So lit- literally. Literally. Yeah, name. Yeah. Literally a nickname is Lance coming out tonight, they would ask. Um, so it's kind of like the opposite of a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of yeah, a cape, I was donning, yeah. I, you know, who knows what. Um, he was very popular, mm-hmm. but, you know, they weren't dealing with the, you know, consequences of his behavior. Um, mm. So, but, you know, still externally, I was still fighting hard to keep that laid back exterior going. Right. Um, people still would have said, this guy's happy. Um for the most part, I kept these worlds separate. I did not let kind of my Christian people, for the most part, see the dark side. And I did not, you know, I was not, I wasn't proclaiming Jesus well around those other people. They knew I was a Christian. They knew I was involved in certain things. But obviously, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing a very good job. But for the most part, I was, I was hiding that dark life mm. from the, um, the Christian folks in my life. Um, and, um, after law school, um, it really, it, it fell apart even, you know, quickly, really, really quickly. Um, you know, we, as I, as I look through the story, I keep on thinking, all right, here's the bottom. Here's where it gets, stops getting worse and it just keeps on getting worse. Mm. But, you know, I, you know, basically there's this thing called the bar you have to, you have to take. Um, and, uh, at that point I was just, my drinking, um, anxiety was not, not good. And so I ended up failing the bar a couple times. I lost the job offer that I had. Um, and, 
um, you know, the, the shame, mm. the deep, deep shame uh, associated with that, the ego, uh, the cycle just mm. quickly ramped up. Right. Uh, more drinking, you know, more screwing up. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, unfortunately, at the time, I was still very involved in church. Uh, I was leading a youth group. Uh, I was even attending third at that time. And I don't know, do you remember our first interaction? I don't think I do. Um, you sort of knew of me. We had mutual connections, and I'd mm-hmm. been going here for a while, and I'd been avoiding you. Um <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, yeah, I, I had to come to church, but I also felt very uncomfortable in church. I felt very, and so you finally came up and introduced yourself. And basically, my first thing I ever said to you was, "I don't really like pastors very much." <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised I don't remember yeah, that. <laughs> that was basically yeah. how I responded to you yeah. introducing yourself. Was I was basically just like, "Look, this isn't personal. <laughs> I don't dislike you. I just." Don't really enjoy being around pastor that much. Um, I mean, I, I just, uh, church is where I felt the most uncomfortable, the most judged. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, did I deserve to be judged at this point in my life? Sure. But, <laughs> you know, church You know, church can also be a place where you feel grace. Um, so, uh, and not just judgment, but. Um, so, you know, I kind of this ball of basically and literally at night I I started to clue in to this is not going well mm. like this life that you're living you're you're, you're going nowhere mm. um, well you're going somewhere but it's not where you want to go right. um, but at night I would envision like that snowball coming down the hill after me and it was just I was trying to outpace it and I, I couldn't stop I knew as soon as I turned around, there was just years of of things that I had to face, of bad decisions, mm. of life consequences, and so I just had to keep running, keep drinking. And so, anyways, the drinking drinking continued to escalate, um, and then it sort of ended the way probably it ends for a lot of people, uh, you know, behind bars <laughs> in a jail cell, uh, waking up there, um, not necessarily for the first time, but. Uh, this was the last time, um, but I just in the in the moment I just knew um, this time I couldn't talk my way out of it, mm. um, and finally, kind of everything, um, all the ugly parts of me, all the failure, um, all of it, I knew was going to be exposed, mm. um, and there was joy in that. In that moment, there, mm. there was a lot of release. There was a lot of joy. Like, I, like I'd, I, I'd been I waiting can for finally it. stop running. Right, the snowballs hit. Yes, I knew it. I knew it had hit, and there was a great relief in that. Um, mm. And and sort of, um, you know, once once my life was finally laid bare, then there was finally space. For, for, for grace to come in, for, for God to come in and meet those various needs that I had, the depression, the anxiety, um, the shame, the guilt. There, there was room there for him to work once, I, once my life was opened up. Um, mm. 
so I, in that moment, I thought it was going to be like immediately better. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it ended up, um, you know, there was, there was a lot that had to be done, a lot of work, both spiritual, uh, and otherwise, um, there, you know, I, you know, there was at that place in my life, uh, I was in pr- financial ruin, basically, um, I had no career prospects. Um, I ended up passing the bar soon after the incident. It actually was lucky that I got, that it ended because I was finally able to study for the bar without alcohol and Mm -hmm. I I passed it, but then they immediately took it away from me Hmm. for all my legal stuff and took it away for uh, about a year and a half. Um, And I had no real place to live. Hmm. Um, And so, there was there was certainly some some deep deep depression uh, associated with really realizing the, kind of the physical circumstances of my life. Um, now um, that said, um, I still had that glimpse of of God, that glimpse of grace, and I knew um, I had faith for some, you know I knew enough about God. Um, I knew that it would it would get better. I knew that if I if I sought him out and I persisted in my pursuit of of him and of holiness, that um, I just I felt a confidence about me that um, my life would improve. Um, and so, but what it took was. Um, I mean, I think that sometimes they say it, it takes a village. Mm. For me, I'd say it take, took a mid-sized city. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there was, there was, you know, was there, you know, there was, you know, I went through a, a lot of, you know, talk therapy, mm-hmm. Christian therapist um, over a span of years. Um, there was 12-step program mm-hmm. and the, the mentorship that kind of went along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was... Uh, I was in a really good Bible study, actually, a third at that time. Mm. That sort of spanned both sides, um, and it was really rich. You mean um, like both Rich and Lance? Or yeah, or? yeah, yeah, both <laughs> yeah. sides. Of, yeah. yeah, it spanned both periods. And, um, you know, so it was it was really special to kind of go through that process along people um, and be able to share that with them. Mm. Um, and there was... Um, uh, a girlfriend, now wife, who mm. stood by me and, and believed in me. Um, I wasn't sure why at that point. but mm. um, And then, yeah, just a, a lot of radical hospitality from people. There was a lot of um, people who opened up their, their houses, um, gave me rides and um, for, for a couple of years. It wasn't just... Hey, come come stay with me for, for a couple of nights. It was come stay with me for six months. Um, wow. and so, um, you know, I would say out of all these things, it was really, um, the 12 step program that really, and, and the mentorship through that, that really struck me. And, and, um, you know, as, as you sit in the rooms and you, you start looking around and, and you see all the people there. Um, and you, you get this camaraderie 
And you know that everyone that's in that room is there not because of something great they did or whatever <laughs> else. It's like you yeah. didn't win the lottery if you're sitting in that room. Right. But there's a great freedom in that. Right. Also, there's a, a very common purpose. Um, and there's just a you all desperately need each other um, to kind of survive. Um, and, and so I really um, finally felt kind of loved and known um, and, um, and really that sort of kind of shaped the way I could then sort of start seeing the church mm-hmm. as, as a place um, instead of a place where I felt most judged and, and most unloved to a place where um, I, I felt accepted and really a place where not, not a place where I needed to, to dress up kind of both <laughs> clothing-wise and just spiritually-wise, but this is a place where you come to unload mm-hmm. um, your baggage. This is um, a place where we come to, to really um, support each other through living um, this life of Christ, which is not easy. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're not we're not there to, to cheer necessarily to cheer each other on and talk about how great we are. It's we're here because we have to be here because we need Jesus. We can't do it on our own. Right. Um, and so that twelve step program really, I was able to shift my thinking mm-hmm. and shift how I interpreted um, sort of the, the the corporate Christian experience mm. in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, in a lot of ways, I wish the church could feel more like the 12-step community mm-hmm. feels at times, and it's sad sometimes that it takes experience outside the church right. to help us recover what <laughs> the church is meant to be, but um, I'm grateful that God used that. And I'll be honest, it's still a struggle for me, even though I've been through yeah. it. I'm still prone yeah. to want to to put on that 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 great face and right. that I, I've got it all together. That's, that's still sort of something I have to constantly fight of wanting to prove something or show that I've, I've come so far where it's, I, I, you know, I'm still the same sinner. Right. I still need um, the corporate church as much as I needed it when I was at my bottom 10 years ago. Um, I still need um, to be rigorously honest as much as I did 10 years ago. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, the ego is strong. Mm. And our impulse towards morality and wanting to um, not need grace and not need right. help. and yeah. um, But there's also, you know, I, you know, kind of one of the biggest benefits of this was, um, and, and really, as I mentioned earlier, in my, my time of greatest need, um, when I was at, at my lowest, um, my parents were there as well. Mm. Um, and they really, um, they really listened. Um, they really extended me a lot of love and grace. And so, um, kind of, there was a lot of anger initially as I kind of, there's that point where I started doing therapy where it's like, I really had to dig in, mm-hmm. um, to what was going on inside me. And, um, but over those two years, they really served me even when I was 
kind of upset with them. Hmm. Um, and they really loved me throughout. And so, you know, we get to that end and, and, um, there's just real true reconciliation in that, in that relationship and true love. Hmm. Um, and, um, just a really strong connection that remains still, Hmm. um, which was not necessarily what I, I sought out for, but really just an, an amazing blessing from the Lord. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. There's also lots of change God that God has done through this process. It's now, you know, continues to refine me, and it's like, at some point, He never stops. He never stops changing. He never stops working on you. And so for me, three or four years ago, the next frontier was, you know, you need to change your your body. I was not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. I was starting to face um, health issues, and, um, I, th- you know, feel like the sort of the spiritual maturity um, that, I, that I received was able to help me really improve my health, get to a point where, you know, I just ran my first marathon mm. this fall, which was something wow. that I never would have imagined, having the discipline um, and really just physical health to do that yeah. um, 10 years ago. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, thank you for being willing to share your story, which is a really beautiful story. And I think one of the reasons why I love your story is because of your vulnerability and your willingness to see um, your wounds as really sacred. I think mm-hmm. it's Henry Nouwen who says there's such a thing as sacred wounds and okay. um, that the ways that you've been most wounded, both others and wounding you and you wounding yourself, have mm-hmm. turned into things that have become now the, the, the places of the biggest uh, grace right. that you've experienced in your life. And it's really beautiful. Yeah, so. and I think that is really kind of the way I live my life now is is really desiring to be able to offer that same grace to others, that same radical hospitality. Um, I guess now I'm involved in parish and, and deacon, so there's, there's a lot of opportunities <laughs> for me to start um, exhibiting that, but that has kind of become my heart of being able to offer um, just the same amount of of grace that was not only given to me by God, but um, but a lot of people that surrounded me as I was going through this. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Sure.